What's up, everyone? It's Nate with the Potty of Slave podcast. It's October 22nd, 2020, and we're coming at you today with episode 33. Pretty stoked for tonight's episode, but before we get into it, I wanted to throw out the social media aspect of things. So we're at Potty of Slave for Instagram and Twitter. You can find us pretty active on both of those. Um, as always, YouTube as well. We got tons of videos on there. Uh, Tone's got a little collection going of uh, different different kinds of nerdery and stuff. So, uh, and you know, although it's kind of old school, we still take emails too. So, podcast at gmail.com. We're looking for segments, feedback, the good, the bad, the ugly. Get in touch. We want to hear from you um, and maybe, you know, feature some of your stuff on our uh, episodes going forward. So, and uh, we wanted to do a little thank you as well from episode 32. So, last week we had uh, Frank Maddox, um, art director at Warner Bros. Um, really, really cool for him to come on and, and lend his time. So again, we wanted to shout out uh, Frank with a, a warm thank you for for coming on. If you haven't checked that one out, really cool. Uh, he's done some artwork for the Deftones, uh, Lincoln Park, Green Day, um, all sorts of cool bands. So uh, check that out. And uh, what else have we got going on, Tom? Yeah, so if you, you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, we threw these up yesterday. We were kind of going through and saw that we have listenership in 38 of 50 states. So we're trying to get to all 50 by the end of 2020, which w- it would be wild to us. I, I'm blown away that we've had we got 38 states checked off. Um, but yeah, you know, if, if you know somebody living in one of those states, go check the visual, shoot them a message, say, hey, check these guys out. Um, we'd love to love to hit 50 before the end of the year. So 38 states, uh, the District of Columbia as well, and also 41 countries, which is wild to me. Um, it led to kind of a funny back and forth with us on uh, text chain yesterday. We don't have a listener in Vermont, but we have a listener in Ethiopia, which is just crazy. Like, how how does that even happen, right? Yeah, I mean, how do they even find us? Is it social media? Is it is it you know sort of Twitter? Is it somehow word of mouth? Is it someone from the U.S. visiting? I don't know how. I'd love to know. There's no way we'd really know, but uh, it's awesome. And Vermont's just a couple states over from us, so it's it's so bizarre. Like a three-hour drive over Vermont, two and a half-hour drive. So to, to not, it's really very weird that we haven't gotten anybody there. But we're, you know, we're live in Ethiopia. So if you're checking us out there, shoot us an email. I'd love to know. We'd love to know how that happened, how that came about. It's pretty crazy. Cool. Yeah. So we've got some cool stuff for you tonight. A um, couple set list items to get to, uh, but and then the main segment tonight: bands that should have been bigger, or we thought, you know, something held them back. We're gonna kind of get into how that, um, how we thought that might have been. I think we got two or three apiece, depending on how much time we have. So. Bands that either should have been bigger or could have been bigger, depending on some circumstances. But yeah, some some setless items first. Juan, you want to lead off with uh, Tony Lewis? Yeah, so a bit of a somber note. So um, I don't know if everyone's heard, but Tony Lewis of um, legendary pop rock group uh, that formed in the 80s, The Outfield, passed away yesterday, or was it Tuesday? I think it was on Tuesday. A couple days ago, yeah. 62, so still had a, you know, a, a ton of runway left. But this is a tough one for me because he, I, I got into him real young because my, my dad, I mean, he, they're his favorite band. So I, you know, we've talked about me collecting gold records. They're one of the bands I have a gold record for. I have uh, a, uh, I think it's two or three million copies of um, Play Deep, their biggest album. So this is a tough one. He arguably has, in my eyes, a top 10 voice of all time in his prime. Um, so you guys are obviously familiar with these guys. You guys heard the news agree with the voice comment like yeah. and and kind of one of a kind as far as the way he sounded right like nobody sounded like him um 
obviously everybody knows your love. That song was massive. Still, massive. still played in, still played in, uh, you know, stadiums around the country today. Like it's, I know, the, I know this, the the Patriots a few years back used it. It was kind of their like theme song at, at playoff games in 2014, 2015, something like that. So, um, kind of you know, bittersweet for all of us that such great music and you know tragedy. Young shouldn't have died this young. It sucks when that stuff happens. Um, great voice. Uh, obviously gonna miss what the outfield brought to us, what Tony Lewis brought to us. Yeah, sixty-two, like you said, Twan is so young in, in the grand scheme of things. So that really sucks. Obviously, none of us got to see them. They broke up when like. Probably late eighties. Uh no, it, it was kind of off and on, and then they had some lineup changes, and then mm-hmm. one of the members passed away in twenty fourteen. And when that happened, that kind of closed the door on you know a formal reunion. Now Tony has done a solo thing, and I saw him a couple of years ago doing that, and it was mostly outfield songs. And I actually met him. That was you know I met him with my dad. We kind of got there early, and he was outside, and uh, met him, snapped a photo, and. And whatnot, but uh, yeah, they were kind of off and on for a while. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, the only other voice that I can think of that has that kind of similar, I don't know, sound, I guess, would be Sting from The Police. I was just gonna say right? that, dude. Yeah, <laughs> um, same kind of range and whatnot. But that those songs, man, they're such like upbeat. They're like the, the kind of song that uh, what's that segment we did where it like puts you in a good oh, mood? Oh, the good, the, yeah, the mood booster. Mood booster. Outfield, outfield fits that I think. How are you not tapping your feet during your love? I mean, oh it's my just, God, just a banger. So good. Is that one of the all-time karaoke songs? If you could hit yes. the note, I mean, I I think yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not hitting that note, but yeah, I think you're right. It is definitely one of the all-time karaoke songs. Yeah, if you choose that over Journey, you're a lot, you're that much cooler. Yeah, right. Everybody's done Journey. Let's let's go the outfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think vocally though underrated. And if you've only heard Your Love, go check out Play Deep. That's the album that that came out on in, what, 86 or whatever it was. Uh, Voices of Babylon's classic, Diamond Days, and then a few others. Uh, Rock, it was pretty good, but um, great catalog. Underrated in the grand scheme of things and and, uh, just a -a one-of-a-kind voice that does does have the kind of a Steve Perry slash Sting vibe, but uh, he will be missed. He will definitely definitely be missed because that that shuts the door i mean mm-hmm. on any hopes of obviously anything happening with them so uh, you know what really sucks is i feel like nowadays they could be climbing the charts and how could yeah. be they how could they be climbing the charts tiktok well, yeah tiktok is, <laughs> as we've talked about before yeah a uh, great segue nate um, so as we talked about a couple weeks ago with that uh, viral video um for the the fleetwood mac song dreams the album itself has re-entered the charts in the last couple of weeks because of that which is is wild the album's what 40 years old 40 plus i think right yeah Yeah, that's nuts and not to mention that um so there's two ways you can chart today if you're not brand new either tiktok you get a viral hit that way or you're releasing a you know 10 20 15 20 year anniversary uh which lincoln park did most very recently with the hybrid theory box set so i grabbed it i it's we put i posted one of the vinyls from it last week in our sunday spins they uh they've re-entered the uh, Billboard album charts as well, which is nuts. Yeah, I mean, what this tells me is that there's a couple things at play. One is the power of hype in the TikTok, but also the power of technology. Like this, th- that could never have happened years ago. Never would have happened. I mean, I don't know any way that it could have happened. And then obviously with Linkin Park, it's like the cream rises to the top. Like if, if you have a great album, chances are it's going to be re-released. And if people flock to it, it's... um. 
you know, it, it can do something like this. And, and the way they presented it with box sets and just incredible visuals, hint, hint, episode 32, Frank Maddox, yeah, where you at? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is a, a perfect storm of just, uh, especially with the, the TikTok thing. It's like, it just, without that dude, this never would have happened the dude on the skateboard and it's just yeah, am- amazing yeah. that that's all it took speaking of that you saw i sent you guys that meme where it was like a picture of uh of rumors <laughs> and it said wow they made a whole album based on that that viral video that dog yeah. face video <laughs> that's hilarious dude yeah that's that's <laughs> what 15 year olds on tiktok are seeing right now you know what that reminds me of when kanye did that song with rihanna and paul mccartney yep on twitter they were like Kanye's going to blow up this dude, Paul McCartney. This dude's going to be huge, you know, like genuinely yeah, thinking yeah. that. Right, because he wasn't huge before with his, you know, his original project or even his second project. Tuan kind of riffing off of what you were saying. It made me think those are like two polar opposite mediums, right? You have like the digital thing with TikTok and then the physical good aspect of things, which for our generation and I think maybe the older, I'm not so much younger. So there's kind of a divide there, I think, is we're kind of like, you know longing for physical goods like something that's a deluxe set is like so prized you know it's like we're on phones I and mean, i'm looking at three screens right now it's just like everything's digital so to have something tangible again and something that you actually put on the shelf is is worth it and it's really cool to, to embrace that um, on the other side of that is the digital aspect and obviously that can reach more people so it's a little bit more scalable maybe so we'll see where you know how everything pans out, but I think we're kind of uh, enjoying both sides of the spectrum, uh, especially with the the represses. And I mean, remember those box sets back then that were CDs? I remember the like, Smashing Pumpkins yeah. one with like the swirl on the it. Swirl, yeah, black and white swirl. Yeah, so I, I always thought that stuff was. I so own that cool. too. <laughs> nice, of course you do. Oh man, Melancholy <laughs> turns what twenty twenty five this weekend, I think. So yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, that's another another uh, box set that I, I own the CD box set and the and the vinyl. I'm just a huge fan too, so and I, that it, album's huge for me. So, is it the same package? Just bigger? Nope, two different things. Oh, okay, no, I mean, is the Smashing Pumpkins uh, vinyl version of that set the same look? It looks the same with this world and stuff. Yep. yep. Oh, super nice. It's pretty nice. cool. Yeah. Yep. Uh, That's awesome. It's a, it's a dope piece, and it's one that I had wanted for a long time. And now we're tangenting. Uh, and one that I wanted <laughs> for a very long time, and finally bit the bullet when I had enough points at our local record store to get it half off. The dividends paid off. You buy music, you just you know over time, you, my, the number just kept going up. I was like, oh man, I have enough to get this half off. I'm I'm buying this today. I remember doing that. We all did that. We oh, watch yeah. it stack up. Do you want to use your ten bucks? No, 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 no. Save, save it. Yeah. <laughs> five years later, do you want to use your five hundred bucks? Oh yeah, I guess I'm ready. I've had my they they called it back in the day a freaking buyer's freakin card. Buyers, yeah, right. yeah, and I still have my original freaking buyer's card in my car. <laughs> I, now, nowadays, I just give them my name. They don't need the card. You just give my name, my phone number. They can link it to my account. But I still have the card, and it still works, which is crazy. It's like 20, I want to say it's like 25 years old. Well, Nate, you bring up a good point with it is kind of a, it's an age thing, and it's kind of a nostalgia thing. Mm-hmm. To For our, the main segment tonight, I actually flipped through. I have five or six 400 uh, CD holder binders, and I was flipping through that to try to get inspired for um bands that could have been bigger and i just i don't know it's a rush for me to flip through that book and see the cd cover to see the cd booklets yep and i think that's why people flock to this lincoln park thing because you know the music's already available for the most part i think there was some deep cuts and stuff on that but you get it for the presentation you know Mm -hmm. the whole package because it looked beautiful um i got the 
one of them, and it, it is. It's pretty, and I, I pulled it apart and pulled the vinyl out and looked at it and looked at the, uh, you know, the booklet that came out. Like this is just awesome, and and that's. I mean, that goes back to us buying CDs and pulling the CD booklet out, right? It's the same thing. Yeah. And I'm I'm yeah. pulling out the I'm pulling out the insert, and I'm like I'm looking for Frank Maddox. I see his name, I'm like oh man, I just talked to that guy a couple <laughs> days ago. This that's is awesome. wild. Yeah. <laughs> really cool. <laughs> like just one of those moments you're like. Wow, I, I we we're doing something cool here. Totally. You know, speaking of Maddox, his analogy for when we were referring to his artwork being tattooed onto people, he said that's like the ultimate praise. You know, what I mean, that's like the ultimate way to show your appreciation. So I think that's what these box sets represent in terms of the music. It's like that's the best way to represent your fandom is a box set. I mean, it's expensive, it's beautiful, it takes up space in your house. You know, it's like a a really nice coffee table book. Like it's you only have so many of them, so. The Lincoln Park one, I mean, that fits that. Anything that guy does, I would buy. Deftone yeah. stuff, they, you know, if they do a box set. Zeppelin back in the day, you know, buying those Zeppelin box sets. They're so expensive, but I found a lot of the oh, older man. pressings just so I didn't have to do that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was, those were interesting to us. Um, you guys saw the, uh, I, this is not a good segue because this is what I do. I just plot forward. Uh, the Flaming Lips bubble concert that we saw that meme a couple months back, they made it a reality. Everybody <laughs> was in bubbles. I did see that. And, Tony, you posted a video of seeing Flaming Lips at the yes. uh, State Theater where uh, Wayne, the singer, yep. is in one. Yeah, he uh, he goes right over the top of us. It's on our, I think it's in up on our Patios Label archives on the uh, the YouTube page. Yeah. So, so hit that up. So th- this is the whole concert. This is the audience is in those too, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I saw the picture. Are you fully encompassed in the bubble, or is it one of those where it goes over you and your feet are touching the ground? Like that's a great question. It, I couldn't. We couldn't see anybody's feet, right? It was Wayne Coyne, uh, lead singer of the Flaming Lips, on top of all these people, which you know, by a year ago he would have been on top of them without bubbles, on top of them as bubbled people. I wonder if their feet are on the ground or they're also like rolling like right. hamster ball, like he does across the top of the crowd. <laughs> Who knows, man? I, I guess we'd have to see more hear more about that yeah either way i mean there's no better band to use as a test market for the prototype than flaming lips right i mean this is going to be maybe how it turns out with covid flaming lips they've been doing it with the frontman so we might as well just do a whole (laughs) a whole show yeah well we saw him do it nine years ago nate (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah forward thinking so who knows man I, i thought it was cool because i remember when we originally started the podcast i think there was like some drawing or like like cartoon kind of rendition of, of what we actually saw in that Flaming Lips concert. Still no way to confirm if they were in bubbles or if it was like a bubble suit, like you're saying, Tuan. But um, yeah, man, it, it was, that was hilarious. And uh, they've been doing that forever. So I guess they've always been somewhat uh, germaphobe or at least Wayne. Well, and it allows him to crowd surf, but not like have to worry about people grabbing him and dropping him. Because if he gets dropped, he's in, a, he's in a bubble. If he drops, like he's the bubble boy, he's fine. He's <laughs> old too. He's like yeah, 50 he's fifty nine. Yeah, he was on Mark oh, Maron last last week. I was, I've been listening to that this week just because I uh, we Nate and I met Wayne. We talked about this in an episode prior. Um, we met him down in Boston. I think we talked about it. We had Rob on right because he he got yep. us backstage and we went back and met him and we heard about them coming to our our hometown too. And yeah, it's I think he said he was fifty nine. That's Damn. he's still out, you know, rocking the hamster wheel, a hamster ball. It's crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Was that show indoors or outdoors? The one in Boston was outside. Oh the, no, this one, the one that just happened inside. I think it's where they pl- where the Thunder play. I think. Oh wow. I think. Don't don't quote me on that. So don't it's, quote me it's that. like a big know. room because I'm I'm thinking like, you know, a fifteen hundred cap room. 
how many OKC based, right? So I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's I'm gonna look it up right now. Go ahead. I'm just wondering, like, let's say in like a 1500 cap room, like the State Theater, how many of those bubbles are you? Can you fit in there? Maybe a hundred, right? You know? Yeah, not many. It had to have been like an arena. That's a good question, Tuan, because it brings up the capacity from 25 percent to at least 50 percent. So you're still squeezing some more people in there. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's the other way around. But it's definitely not a at 100 cap. Yeah, you got to cut it down. That six foot radius. So it's the Criterion in OKC, Oklahoma City. Yep. Um, it looks to be State Theater esque. Really? Um, you know, maybe too, maybe a little bigger. Just the picture I'm seeing here. It looks similar to that. So I'm trying to find out what it what the cap is on the website, but I don't see it. It is it is smaller than an NBA arena though. Criterion in Kansas in o- Oklahoma City. So yeah, that's because that's where they're from or where they live now. And where they do a lot of their creating, I think. So that makes sense. That's crazy. They're from Oklahoma out of all places. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess there's no way to pinpoint where they're from. They're just a weird band, but <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> so I was putting my nerd hat on and like, when you see it, you're like, that's awesome. It's so cool. They did that. And then like, I just obviously with anything, take it a step further and, and think of the logistics and the practicality of it and actually putting myself in there. So I asked the questions, can you even see out of it? Can you hear right, yeah. it? Does it get sticky in there? Like, is Hot. it? Yeah, is it? Is it even fun? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. All those are great questions. My thought is, is it hot? If it's hot in the building, and you go to a concert, and there's a lot of people around, you're warm anyway, no matter what time of year it is. I, I can't imagine it's cooler in the bubble. <laughs> so yeah, and it, does it fog up, or are they like, do they treat it like you see some of those NFL coaches with their face masks with the stuff to keep it from anti, you know, anti-fogging, and they can still see their play sheet. The that Criterion Building uh, uh, venue holds twelve hundred, so similar to the state. Yeah. Oh, okay. Twelve hundred. Okay. So they, yeah, might have been at six hundred cap or something. Or maybe even less. No, less Probably than like that. four. Maybe three. That's what yeah. seats and stuff, right? So. Oh yeah. shit! Yeah. Um, lucky people. Good for them getting to go see a show. I'm I'm jealous. Um, I'd have done it. We would have done it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. What happens if you get to go to the bathroom? Yeah, you take the maybe... bathrooms for one way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe they have a bucket in there. Right? You couldn't see their feet, so who knows. <laughs> Oh, who knows? Maybe they told everybody to wear depends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It can literally, it could literally be like a NASA suit where it's climate controlled. To answer your cool. questions, Tuan, yeah, it's climate controlled. There's a yeah air filtration system that keeps it, you know, from fogging up and and fresh air and keeping cool. And then the sound is coming through Bluetooth, something like that. Yeah. It's like a silent disco concert type thing. That's how it's that's how it's going down. I think. I don't They'll know. probably, yeah. <laughs> That that would be cool if you're like really far away, because I, I know uh, in some of those uh, those concerts we've seen at drive-ins, they've done that where you've like gotten the Bluetooth into your car or, or, or like an eighty-eight point three FM and you can hear it that way. Yeah. But yeah. In that small venue, I'm sure they heard it just fine and it was plenty loud enough. Yeah. Speaking of those drive-in shows, there was that one here. I was telling you guys, Third Eye Blind came. Yeah. And I wanted to go, mm-hmm. but it wasn't worth the money. Unfortunately, I wish it was. I want to see live music. But it really didn't make sense because you're in a car, like we've talked about before these even launched, and it's coming through, like you said, Bluetooth. So you're really just parked far away looking at, like, lights in the distance and, like, streaming it through your headphones or whatever. So it's like being at, like, an amphitheater in the parking lot looking at lights kind of go in the sky, but you don't see anything. Yeah, that's... (laughs) And then it's 150 bucks a car or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that was was on the cheaper side. I'm like, ah, damn. Yeah, it's more one of those, like, you... You could at least say you were there. You know what I mean? That's yeah. kind of what yep. it is. Post about it on, on online. Bush just announced that they're coming to do the same thing. So it's a production company that's 
you know, piloting the whole program. Yeah. Yeah. But I probably still won't go. Got to find a way to go for free for Pocket Slave. Best matters. So, I mean, you could, yeah, you could, this is what you could do now. You can get in your car. You can um, get three or four other friends. Bring your your brand new iPad, right? Put it up in the front (laughs) there. Just throw on that new Apple TV all video channel. True. Ooh, how was how was my segue? segue? How was my segue, guys? Segue. <laughs> you get the same impact, Nate. You get the same effect. Yeah, same same effect. Yeah. Play it right through the speaker. So what what is this uh this channel you speak of? Uh, it sounds like yeah. MTV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Apple TV is launching a an all video uh, or all music video channel or maybe they've already launched it where they'll also do like countdown shows and interviews and it's essentially you know mid to late 90s mtv right (laughs) really what it sounds sounds like like. yeah yeah with uh the stuff from today you know music that's happened today i'm sure they'll get zane lowe involved all the people that are uh, involved with apple music you know you're gonna get the the cookie cutter questions but it is what it is and it's cool i mean i'll throw it on if there's nothing on tv and i want to watch today's music videos and see what's out there and find something new yeah I, I, what i was thinking about is like obviously they've they surveyed the landscape and they felt there was a gap in a need here so they probably know what they're doing more than i do but my first thought was who, who who's gonna listen who's gonna watch it because i almost equate it to like terrestrial radio where it's like i can do that where they spoon feed me stuff or i can be my own curator and go on spotify and then that's from an audio lens. In a video lens, I'll just go on YouTube. You know what I mean? If you have, if you're paying for YouTube, you don't have uh, ads. If you're, I don't know if there'll be ads with this. My assumption is, if you're paying for Apple TV, similar, no ads. Mm-hmm. Apple TV, I think, cheaper a month than YouTube is. So there's your alternative as far as if you if you want to be somebody that does it that way. Now, if you don't care and don't want to pay anything, yeah, YouTube is your bet, right? That's the way you'll watch your videos. And yeah, you'll have to skip through an ad here and there, but who cares? Um, I know we have friends that have paid for YouTube to not have to listen to or watch ads. I make them playlists every week that they don't listen to. <laughs> <laughs> that's you, Mike. It's you, Mike, in Texas. Uh, but yeah, that's you're right. That's a good. That's a good point because it, is it really a need right now? My other my the other side of that coin for me is how much does it cost really? Yeah, yeah. And to answer you, you know, to to go along with what you're saying, Tuan, you know, we both have. You still have Sirius XM, right? Yeah, I'm still rocking the pretty much free from the purchase free, of the new car. Free trial. Yeah, so I, we have it too. Um, not free, but we pay for it. But um, but that's a different thing because it's more background, right? It's like, you know, radio stations are curated actually makes it easier because it's just sound. But video, you're right. I think it's like you're kind of one, wanting to be in the control seat a little bit more in terms of the visual aspect of things. So the only way that this is really going to work, and I'm sure Apple's already on top of this, is it's, it's going to have to be, you know, exclusive content. It's got to be. Yeah. Right. Stuff that's, you know, there and nowhere else. I got looped in with that Bruce Springsteen, Eddie Vedder, Dave Grohl, you know, exclusive interview. So I signed up for like a free day just to like listen to it and canceled it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I mean, you're right. That's exactly it. It's got to be exclusivity. And they I think in the article I read, there would be some and there already is some Mm -hmm. with Apple Music with artists putting stuff out there first. Yeah. And it happens. It happens with every platform, right? Like, oh, we have this, so come to us. And we're trying to get, you know, Spotify will try to get. They got Rogan, and he'll be exclusive there. It's that type of thing. There'll be more and more of that as we go along, because they'll all they all want a piece of that pie. Yeah, but what we've talked about in previous episodes too is though this stuff all becomes piratable anyway. So do you really pay? I mean, is it going to dissipate? Is it going to like, you know, self destruct? You know, you can just find it a day later. So yeah, yep. yeah it might That's be true. something they police though, like they're. I feel like that's something Apple could and would. 
police if it's mm-hmm. exclusive in studio um you know acoustic little show or if it's an interview things like that they would they would police that if it showed up on youtube that's true yeah i'm interested to see how it turns out you know mtv and vh1 did such a such a fantastic job before they sold out but uh <laughs> yeah I mean, you know. we grew up with it too, right? We grew up with uh, mid to late '90s and watching Jer- oh, the dear. Jeremy video, <laughs> you know, and yeah. me staying up late to watch the uh, Nine Inch Nails uh, closer video. You know, it's just that's just the way it is. It's fun. But if they brought like you know the, you know the shows like behind the music, if Apple did something like that, I don't know if it would hit the same. But who knows? It would have I'd to watch be really it. good. Yeah, I'd check it out. I guess for nerd reasons alone. Well, there's plenty but. of bands and. Uh, artists and all these things that we've listened to over the years that i would we don't have a behind the music like why why wasn't that band bigger right i mean jesus (laughs) wow (laughs) you are on one tonight man Uh, i think you're the new segue i'm not sure if we're we're done with the other topic i'm just throwing that out there (laughs) (laughs) i did have one more thought um about that which is it's it's amazing to me in 2020 how many bands still create music videos and mm-hmm. obviously, that's because of YouTube. You take YouTube, YouTube out of the equation, they won't do it. I'm wondering if having this other platform, you may see more of it. But I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know who would see a video as a result of this Apple channel that they wouldn't have seen otherwise. I don't know. That's a good yeah, point. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, because there's so many bands that you know pony up that budget for whatever reason to, to put a, a music video. So if there's no reason to find it. There's got to be some shows or something like a TRL to showcase these songs. Otherwise, they're just going to get buried, right? Um, they did talk about doing, yeah, countdowns and interview type things too. So it won't just be music videos. It'll be very similar to what uh, what they what MTV was doing in in the mid to late '90s. You know, from the start to the mid to late '90s. With less Room Raiders and uh, yeah, yeah, no real ride. world. Yeah, <laughs> no real world. No, no. Although bring back the the old Road Rules. I love that show. Yeah, a diary. Dude, diarrhea right now during COVID, be sick. Uh, yeah, no, there was there was some cool when they went when they went that way. There was some cool TV. It just it's awesome. It's also not it. MTV anymore. It was right. reality TV Central. Like, come on, guy. It was still like working with bands and artists that like you want still want to kind of yeah. know the story though, so it worked. Yep. Here's a hot take, not even hot take. It's kind of like a going back to a previous prediction. Apple launches this service, buys all the you know iconic venues across the country. And then those are become the Apple venues or whatever. And then these shows, exclusive concerts coming through this Apple TV music service are kind of under the that. umbrella of these venues yeah. only. They You're just thinking keep like COVID related, like where they, okay, so Apple buys the House of Blues in Boston and they don't mm-hmm. have, they have maybe, you know, 20 people in there, but the rest of it's live streamed to us so we can only. watch the show. Yep. Exclusive. Through Apple. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I think that that's not a bad idea. It's a bad idea. Well, I mean, yes, but I mean, I can see it happening. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it to happen, but I can see yeah. it happening. It's a good idea. It's a bad idea for nerdery. Those venues will yeah. just say Apple. They're flush <laughs> with cash. Like they have reserves on the sidelines, and they could, they could do this. I, and and what better time from their perspective to do it when these venues are on the fritz when they we can get stop them. talking about this right now so they stop getting ideas. Yeah. All right, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> No, you're right, though. You're right. Uh, and it's, uh, somebody tweeted the other day, YouTube, I think, which is Google, tweeted the other day, like, some of your favorite artists came up in independent venues. And I was like, change some of it's all, it's all of them. They all started there. I mean, yeah. it's very, very, very rare that you had somebody go straight to 
one of those cookie cutter big ass venues. They they all start they cut their teeth at an independent bar or a restaurant or what you know what I mean? Like <laughs> some. Fuck you, YouTube. Who are you, YouTube? Get out of here. They're Google. Yeah, they're Google. Yeah, and yeah, what the AI. Uh, and they're what, Alphabet? Isn't that them? Yep. <laughs> yeah, AI. Google's not human. It doesn't know. It doesn't know what's going it's on. It's listening to us right now though. So I, I know. probably so shouldn't have said fuck you. Now now it knows. Ooh, now you said fuck now it's gonna try to kill you later. Yeah, well, whatever. Terminator style. It is what it is. <laughs> You're pouring a beer. It is. What it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got feelings, and I'm going to tell you how I feel. I mean, that's why we get microphones on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was a tangent after my beautiful segue. So, yeah, you just throw on YouTube and, and you know, check out one of those bands that you thought might have, should have, could have been bigger, you know? Like, what, what's that What's that all about, Nate? Yeah, exactly. It's like you're scouring Apple tv music tv so what is it a tv a tv it's a tv yeah no. a tv <laughs> i have no idea that's great though flip out flip on a tv uh, yeah just flip on a tv anywhere and yeah so we're, this is the main segment tonight which i think we're gonna we're gonna jump into now is uh we've each got a couple of bands that we thought could have should have been bigger than they were um they may have been big but we may have thought they should have been bigger than they were they may I also like we need a better name oh maybe. Well, do you have one no, but I'm just the way you're saying, like oh, it's shit. so elongated. It's not band vantage. Bands no. should have been bigger. Yeah. This is a hard one. It's a tough one. Yeah, it'll come to us. Yeah, I, I thought about it all day, so I don't, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna happen right now. I get, I get nothing. Yeah, it, it kind of, it does lend itself to um, a, a topic we have discussed in the past. The whatever happened to that band um, mm. episode we did. Yep. Some of these could be that. Some of them are bands that were big for a time, but didn't it didn't last. And then some obviously had some stuff happen. Some of them may still be bands, but we just think they should have been bigger because of how, how good we think they are. So exactly, um, we've got a couple. Um, there's, yeah, there's no negativity here. We're just thinking they're really good. Like, why weren't they bigger than they are? Who knows? Now, we have some reasons, I'm sure too. Yeah, it's a total. It's a total. Uh, <laughs> it's a total positive thing. It's like these guys are good, but for some reason. The public didn't agree to the extent that we did or do. Who wants to lead off? Nate, you're going to lead off, and you're going to get we'll right like into it. it. You're not going <laughs> to beat around the bush. Uh, ni- no. 90s OG. <laughs> I'm, already dr- I'm already dragging it out just for the title of the segment. Yeah, I, I yeah. do like the, the hints, though, to start. Yeah, you got hints? hints? Yeah. Hints. Nate's Hints. Yep. What's the name of the episode? Nate's Hints. It's for a four-hour episode. Yeah, it, it, it will take a while to get through. Buckle up. <laughs> Uh, let's see yeah. this band this band well wow 90s 90s not well, OG it's a, though it's a 90s band but they're not OG semi-sonic we need more than that Nate. you know we need more than that <laughs> this happens every fucking week bro <laughs> they kind of have the rap rock thing going on a little uh, bit okay right. yeah okay more they opened for a tour with Papa Roach and Trust Company back in the day Oh, you're gonna take mine. I I thought for sure you weren't going to. Ooh, wow. Did they? Was their first really big song a cover? No. Oh, okay, good. All right. <laughs> okay, now I know where you're going. Okay. Me? Oh, no, Tom. Me. I think you're talking about shovel. No, I almost picked that. I wanted to pick that. <laughs> shovel. The production value. The production value on that album is pretty bad. <laughs> all right. Well, give it to us, man. We we obviously don't know. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, not many people know this one. They're kind of off the radar a little bit. Chronic Future. Oh, yes, you know you I, I love them, and I did not – I didn't write them down, and I'm kind of surprised you picked them, though. That's great. Really? Nice. 
Yeah, man. Um, me and our former guest, Rob Riccatelli, uh, we're big fans of this band. We were championing, championing the band all the time and uh, just felt like they never got the time of day. They did have a single on the radio for their third album. Time and time again. Yeah, exactly. Off the album lines. Was lines it Lines in my, in my Face? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so uh, I actually remember Rob called me and said, hey, come to the radio station. I want you to check out this band because they would get advanced copies and stuff. So we listened to it in the studio and we were both like, yeah, man, this band's awesome. And he actually called me to come check it out because he's like, I know you really like Head P.E. And the guy, the vocalist in here kind of has that like hip hop rap rock thing going with like a kind of like a hybrid of like Daryl from Glassjaw kind of bendy, weird, crazy voice too. But yeah, man, I just feel like they came and went. I mean, they says they formed in 95, but I didn't hear from them until this album uh, lines in your face. But uh, yeah, I feel like they just kind of disappeared. I don't think many people know who they are, uh, which is too bad. So I don't know if you guys, at least Tony said you knew something about them. Um, similar uh, reason, Rob, mm-hmm. uh, also turned me on to them as well. Um, oh, well. And yeah, Lines in My Face was the album that I spent the most time with. And Time and Time Again is a great song. Um, there's a bunch of songs on that album that are really good. I would, I would definitely urge any of you to go back and listen. It looks like they have four, three or four albums out. Yeah. Uh, three, it looks like, on at least on Apple Music starting in 96, 96, 2000, and 2004. And yeah, 04, that album in 04 lands in my face. I really like. I don't think I heard it in 04, though. So that might be part of it. I'm not sure if they were dropped. Do you, do you know any of the reason as to why they stopped making music? I think they were dropped. I remember the record rep was trying to push them and was really happy that me and Rob were, you know, stoked on them. But, um, you know, if they're not, you know, pulling a return for the label, they're just, they have to get dropped, unfortunately. Yeah. There's just only so much money promotional wise they were with interscope so interscope had some heavy hitters so anyone that's underperforming unfortunately kind of falls by the wayside uh that's kind of you know obviously goes to the theme of this uh whole segment well and these guys were kind of um probably not this album was probably not great timing because it was mid-2000s when things were kind of going you know strokesy indie rockish that was kind of the big thing with with radio at the time so this didn't really fit it would have fit four years prior maybe that's what I was going to ask is, is I only know this band by name and I, I feel like maybe they came up on a different episode or maybe someone commented about them on the socials. Someone commented, uh, when we, when we did the, when we did the, the, um, what happened to that uh, band? What happened to those guys? Somebody said you should do chronic future and they were on my list for what happened. Oh, to those wow. guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can't really pinpoint them, but so where would they, who would they tour with? Like, so they don't fit in with the strokes. Do they fit in with the warp tour crowd at all? Yeah. Warp tour yeah, would be a good would, fit. They would fit there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You said they 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 play with Papa Roach, Nate. Is that what you said? Yeah. The one the one time I tried to see them, the closest they came to to Maine, when I was living there at the time, was I think Rhode Island, and it was with a show with uh, Papa Roach and Trust Company, and I was like, oh, like this would be a sweet Lupos or something. Bill. Yeah, it'd be a good gig. Um, I didn't make it, and then they never came around, and then they broke up. I was like, oh, damn. Um, it's a three hour drive for a band, a band, maybe two bands you've seen already. That's tough. That's a tough. Like, am I going to spend six hours in the car to go watch an hour of a show, hour and a half of a show? That's kind of tough. It was tough when we were that age, and I know that. I've done it, but yeah, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, so have oh, I, yeah. but it's work. <laughs> you know you know what you're getting into. You're like, man, tomorrow's going to suck. Tomorrow's gonna- I think it was... I think it was like in the like deep winter too, where like you're you know risking mm-hmm. your life to get on the highway. Yeah, yeah, the Northeast, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, no, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I feel like they should have been bigger. You know, I agree. I agree. Um, go back and listen to Lines in My Face. Great record. I, I love awesome. that. Awesome, awesome record. But yeah, to answer your question, Twan, I think you know they kind of fell off mainly because they just weren't promoted the right way. I think that if they had gotten a little bit more juice, they might have lasted longer. But at the same time, with what you're saying, Tone, I think you're right on right on the mark that. 04 was like kind of the dropping point for like the whole rap rock thing so mm-hmm. yep so yeah could be both but i wouldn't even like lump them in with that new metal phase either like, no they're not, not a new metal band they're they're um i don't even know how to describe them they're, like you you mentioned head pe they're not really like head pe because the subject matter isn't necessarily the same yeah it's considered uh, experimental like rock like like zebra ish. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. It's like if zebra like zebra had now, where it's mostly just if it were just Ali, because he does more of that, right? And it's uh, he there, yeah. And there's two guys that rap for for Chronic Future, right? It's not just one guy. No, it's just one guy. Oh, and then they somebody sings, and it's similar to Zebrahead then was. Yeah. Because I got a couple songs where it's not just rap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they're. Yeah. So they should have been bigger, but I don't know. I feel like. Maybe one of you guys have something that should have been even bigger than that. <laughs> Maybe. Are you segueing into one of ours? <laughs> I think he <Yeah>. is. <laughs> Who's going to take the bait? Yeah. All right, guys. The segue streak is has gone too far. <laughs> uh, I'll go. I All got right, one go. for you. Um, Twan, I think you may know it because I kind of half gave you a hint there early on. Their first song was a cover. Their big song was a cover. Probably still their biggest song. Yeah, it's definitely uh, Alien Ant Farm. Mm-hmm. Oh. It is Alien Ant Farm. Good call. Smooth Criminal is what I'm talking about, which is the Michael Jackson cover they did 2000, 2001. So yeah, that album, uh, Anthology, I think is a great record. And it's unfortunate that, not unfortunate because they made it with Smooth Criminal, but the rest of the album is good. Like, it kind of got overshadowed. Courage is a really good song. Attitude's a really good song. Um, Attitude's great, yeah. Movies, Movies, which was the other single they played. That's a great song. Like, they made good songs. Nobody sounded like them. Dryden was, nobody sounds like him. They were, uh, you know, kind of a fun... They they started in the new metal scene. They they played with Papa Roach, but they're not really new metal either. No, I wouldn't. There's like no rap. They were good. I, I enjoyed them. They opened for Three Eleven here in '03 on the out for Truant. Which um, fun fact about Truant? It was uh, produced by the DeLeo brothers of the of the Stone Temple Pilots. I did not know that. That's right. Oh. Looking this up, yeah, which was pretty cool. Uh, I like that album a lot. I think that album is close to a front to back. Uh, Glow is really good. These Days is the big single. Um, I like the the final track, Hope. It's just a it's a good rock album. And then they were on DreamWorks, I think. Yes. And they, yeah. And DreamWorks got bought and ended up, I think it was Geffen that bought them, or they ended up on Geffen, and Geffen wouldn't let them release their third album, their third major. They had It was done. It was ready to go. They called the third draft. They said no. And then finally they allowed them to release it on a subsidiary of that down the line called Up in the Attic, which I listened to today for the first time in years. But I liked it back when it came out. And it was I still like it. It's still good. It's not as good as the first two, but I still thought it was it was good. So these guys, I thought, should have on their own merit been bigger than they were. And obviously, you know, being having their label get sold didn't help them. Their promotion kind of dried up just like Chronic Future and others in, and in this category, I'm sure. And that that was kind of a bummer for me. But, yeah, I thought these guys are good. I have a take on maybe what factored into that. Bandicap. You don't like oh. the name. The name stinks. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. Tough. It's a tough name. I 
so <laughs> anthology was the, the was the first album. True Ant was the album cover with like the track guy and the yes. So yeah. I, yeah. I, I didn't listen to that one. I feel like I had anthology, but outside of movies and Smooth Criminal, I cannot think of a single other song. Well, you're in luck because they'll be on the playlist this week, and you'll be able to <laughs> maybe check attitude. Out. Maybe attitude. Attitude's a cool song, yeah. And Courage is a good song. I, and the reason I know Courage, and I've brought this up in the past, Sean Palmer's sno- Pro Snowboarder, baby. Oh, yeah. oh, wow. It was one of the songs, that one and that Papa Roach song, and there's a couple others. But, yeah, that was one of the uh, first songs that would play. And, actually, I think there was a Shooty's Groove song on there, too. So, like, nice. this is where I was in, in 2001, 2002. <laughs> Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, I think you're right. Bandicap for sure. I didn't, I didn't even think of that. It's so true. The logo and everything's kind of like, ah, uh, dumb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it could have been. Um, it could have been a little better. Well, think of the merch. Like, are you, are you gonna wear yeah. an Alien Ant Farm shirt? I don't know. I mean, the design would have to be special. Small. Like, <laughs> small. Very small. small Should have had Frank corner. do it for him. I mean, <laughs> we all like to wear pony. Right. <laughs> the white pony. Frank. That's a great. Frank could have carried that band. Yeah. Frank could have brought that band to the moon. Yeah. Nah. Um, <laughs> They're a great live band. I saw them, yeah. like like you said, 311. The first time I saw them was opening for Pop Roach. The notorious one, I think we've talked about at the uh, Orpheum Theater in Boston. And uh, yeah, they're a great band. I've met them. Dry- Drayden? Dryden? So yeah. Frontman. Yep. Cool guy. Um, yeah, I agree. They, sh- they should have been bigger, but I, I think the band vantage thing is, uh, yeah. is very accurate. And I-, I definitely think that they were in the shadow of that Smooth Criminal smooth criminal cover, right? Yep. Like, yeah. That song was massive when it came, when they uh, released it as a, a cover. It was all over the radio. There was a huge video that everybody saw. You couldn't get away from it at that time. And that may have turned some people off because that happens sometimes, right? You're like, okay, you guys are kind of cool. This song was cool the first, you know, 10 times I heard it. But now I've heard it 400 and I don't want to hear it anymore. And it's not even your song. So maybe <laughs> the people are turned off that way. And then throw in the bandy cap, right? Yeah. That's I probably the reason why. Recently saw a new, there's still a band. I recently saw a video of theirs and it was like a home video style where I think they just filmed each other uh, almost like a selfie cam or something, different people. I feel like that was them. I have to f- confirm that. But they are still a band. They put a single out in May that was another cover. And they were working on, like, they, the original uh, group got back together. A couple guys had left. One guy went to college and then came back. Um, another had left for some other reason. And they're all back together now. So, yeah, they, uh, they're they still a band. All right, Tuan. Yeah, I was just I was looking up their um, their uh, discography, and there's some albums that I, I didn't even know about. Yeah, there was there. one a couple years ago, five years ago maybe, four or yeah. five years ago. I haven't listened to that one, and I will because now thinking about these guys again, I want to I wanna get back to it. But, yeah. It sucks about that label thing. Like they delayed the third one because I mean, way to kill a band's momentum, you know, just like shelve it. Yep. Okay. Like we need to get something out to the fans. We need tour support. We need to put out an album to get tour support and you're shelving our album. Like what are we supposed to do? Fucking wait tables for a little bit. Like, right. so cool. they, they were taking that album and giving bootleg copies to fans at shows. Wow. Nice. So it'd be kind of cool. That'd be a cool piece of nerdery to have now. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. As a fan, like, yeah, I got the bootleg copy of this album before it came out, and it was a different name then, too. So that's that's kind of obviously deep dive nerdery for us. All right, let's keep the train rolling. So I'll go with my first one. So I'll tease this a little bit. So this band made a little bit of a splash in the early 2000s. Uh, I would put them in the Taking Back Sunday, brand new, newfound glory-esque. So a total absolute punk.net band released two albums. From Alabama, of all places. Do uh, I know it? I don't know. Trust Company? No. Oh, 
They're from Alabama, aren't they? I don't know. Are yeah. they? Nah, yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> they don't fit the rest of that. They just fit the Alabama piece. Right. So I was like, oh, Alabama. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're um, they're more into. I, I would say they're more of a Warp Tour band. They were on Triple Crown Records, and the band is North Star. So I'll, I'll, I've never heard of them. I'll pause there. Do you guys know the these guys no. at all? Nope. I've seen that name, but no. So they um again they they would fit they fit right in with that brand new Taking Back Sunday uh, type of sound. They um I actually saw them in two thousand three. They opened for Motion City Soundtrack and mm-hmm. Rufio. So that kind of tells you what they were, you know, their their company. But they released two albums. Uh, Is this thing loaded in two thousand two? I think, and then Pollyanna in two thousand four. I'm telling you, Pollyanna is a front to back. I mean, I, I say this a lot. In genre classic. It is an in genre classic. If you like brand new, you'll like or newfound glory. I'd say if those two bands had a kid, this is kind of what you'd get with them. But um they just never you know, they opened for those bands. I don't know if they ever headlined a show. Like head, not a show, but headlined a tour. And I have a few different reasons why I think it didn't work out. So Nate, do you remember these guys at all? No, I can't think of them right now. I, think, I got nothing too. I think if you heard them maybe you'd recognize them but uh, you, you'll like yeah. it you'll definitely like it. i'll throw some bangers on the playlist i just nice. down i just downloaded pollyanna because that's right up my alley perfect <laughs> listening it, to you talk about it i'm like yeah no i'm i mean we we haven't delved into too much brand new with what's gone on with jesse in the past and yeah we won't do much here but uh one of my favorite bands ever going before all that happened so I, I'm sure I'll like this. Yeah, yeah I, I would say if if TBS brand new and Newfound Glory had a kid, it would be this band. I like all those. But a few reasons came to mind. One was the lead singer played guitar. He he was not a you know swinging the mic front man like bands of of that ilk. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you had to if if you were gonna break through and be a TBS level band, you had to have that eccentric front man. You had to have a Burt McCracken. Those are all those bands. They they fit into that that uh, mold, right? Mm-hmm. The second is dark themed lyrics, pretty dark. A lot of hard mm. drug references. They're they're a bit hidden, but if you d- dive into it, and I know there was there was some abuse there, drug abuse with with this band. Another reason, saturated market. I mean, you had to really stand out in that early two thousands. A lot of bands like this were a dime a dozen. And the last one is they're from fucking Alabama. Like, mm, yeah, yeah. If you put them in Long Island, New York with mm-hmm. TBS brand new, it'd be a whole different story. They would be in that conversation. Guaranteed. Listen to Polly and I think you guys will love it. That's on the docket for me tomorrow. Um, Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the play, you know, we don't talk a lot about location being an issue. But for this, I think you're right. If they're in a place where that music is popular, it's kind of all over permeates the culture of you know long island has had a bunch of different genres of music do that there they probably would have been bigger i would know more about them today than i do now so yeah that makes sense yeah all good points and the fact they're from alabama they didn't have like the local scene probably as into that type of music so yeah i see what you're saying there and then the dime a dozen thing it's like man like all like the old programs i have for warp tour and stuff like that it's like a list of just so many there's no way to check them out all of them so There's too like, many, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, we've talked like t- about that too, right? The late yeah. late nineties, early two thousands, all the money in the industry. And when looking up Alien Ant Farm, I saw they were on Dream DreamWorks Records. I was like, I thought they did movies, 
there was just money everywhere. So that's how bands ended up on DreamWorks Records, right? Which ended up folding because that wasn't sustainable. But yeah, it's crazy. You know what that reminds me of is like um, there was a meme about it recently how like Yamaha does pianos and jet skis. And it's like, mm-hmm. I bet there's Yamaha <laughs> Records. Yeah, there probably yeah. is. Yeah. That's great. That's a good point. Yamaha. Well, the other thing, getting back to like the the look of the band, where the front man played guitar, so he's not out there in front like a Burt McCracken or a Adam uh, Lazara of TBS. They're also just regular looking dudes. Like in half the live videos, the singers wearing like a trucker hat. You know what I mean? It's like they they didn't play the part, which I'm all for. Like don't fit a don't change to fit a mold. Well, mics are for singing, not swinging. Right. right? I mean, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't play into that. And I think I'm sure there's a lot of dynamics that went on with this group, some turmoil and stuff. But a couple of them went on to form that band Casino, C-A-S-S-I-N-O. They were big in the absolute punk scene back then. I actually I couldn't name one song by them. But when we said we were going to do this segment, they were the first band that came to mind hmm. because I listened to this. I'm telling you, every three or four months, it's actually what I listened to all this week. And that's probably another reason why it was top of mind. Yeah. Nice. Yep. That's I will awesome. definitely check that out. Yeah, that that's it sounds I mean, you know me and and my love for some of that music. I definitely will be into that. Yeah. I think you guys will dig it. Yeah, and all the points you made really make a lot of sense too because a band like bands like that where like their financial backing is really trying to target like a certain age group. So talking about like dark lyrics and drugs and stuff it's just not going to work out yeah. for unit sales. <laughs> it's just like I think you're right. Uh yeah, it's like double, you know, parental advisory type stuff. If you're going to go that route, you need to be – there's a couple things that need to break right for you. It probably needs to be thinly veiled. You need to have – if you look at the way Brand New did it, you need to just be mysterious and quiet, and you don't see much of them, and all of a sudden when you do get something, you're like, holy shit, there's something coming. Right. That type of thing. I mean, the marketing around them was insane for quite some time, and it worked. It built hype, and that's – Especially in the age of the internet, building hype is a huge deal. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes me wonder if they, if this band reunited, if anyone, anyone would care. I mean, they had just had two albums, and I think they have like fifteen thousand monthly listeners on Spotify. So there's still, you know, there's still some base there, but they just didn't. I think I think there was a lot left in the tank, and we just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, just one more thing on that. This made me think of the Apple Music or the ATV service where there's always fans, you know, the Spotify metrics prove that internationally or, or even us that we have a fan in Ethiopia or whatever. So, <laughs> right. um, so the band, this I can't band, that. I'm sorry. It's fucking nuts to me. <laughs> it's nuts. It doesn't make any sense, but whoever you are, please reach out to our email. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, I, I don't know how many fans they have, but if they did do exclusive content to serve that, you know, audience, big or small, that's a way for, that's a way to generate revenue for them. So I guess it could work, you know, so many bands where it's like, you see it on like Reddit, like, Oh, if they did a reunion show, like all these people would fly in from all over the world, like a Reveille type thing. But, yeah. Nostalgia's nostalgia strong, right? Before, especially pre COVID yeah. nostalgia was super strong. Um, going to see, I mean, I, I remember going to see taking back Sunday on the um, tenure for tell all your friends. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm f- I'm all in on this. Absolutely. Like, I'm not that I'm not the kid that loved that stuff growing up. I still love that stuff, but you know, I I've obviously grown up and things have changed around me, but I'm I'm absolutely ready to go back to that 10 years ago feeling, right? Like, oh, yeah. We just want to do that. Same thing with any of these bands. Uh, if there was any kind of following, then they definitely would 
would definitely have that. All right, Nate, what do you got? Crazy. Um, all right, so this band, they're not small, and they're not, you know, a forgotten band per se, but uh, I feel like they just should have been bigger, man. You know, mm-hmm. they should have been bigger. They uh, are kind of an eclectic group, female lead singer. Uh, she's probably the most known. Any guesses? Not with just that that hint. I mean, I guess I could say Paramore. Nope. Because they're pretty big, so that doesn't really count. Right. There's a producer in the band. Garbage. Yep, garbage. Oh, Which wow. Vic, right? And Shelly Mance, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from Wisconsin. Great band, another 90s OG. <laughs> totally, yeah, they fit that yeah. 90s OG. And 90s OG that, like, you know, speaking of uh, Sirius XM earlier, they come on the uh, lithium station quite often. Every time they do, I'm like, hell yeah. It's an interesting sound, right? Because they're, like, rock, but there's some, like, industrial layers in there, some pop sens- sensibility, but kind of has, like, this dark you know, filter over it with Shirley Manson's uh, fronting and so forth. And uh, I don't know. I always thought they were great and their songs are great. I saw them live once and they, you know, the whole show was just hits. It's like, you know, just a nonstop hit after hit show. And I remember thinking when I was watching that show, this at the Avalon in Boston, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago or so, and thinking, man, this this should be in like an arena with these songs and the light show and like got Butch Vig in the band. You know, like, but they're playing the Avalon, which is a great venue. But um, just showed that, like, man, these guys have been at this for so long. And, like, I don't know if it's a sold-out show at the Avalon or not, but it was, like, I felt lucky that I was seeing them in such a small place considering they were somewhat a legacy band at that point, but just, you know, kind of fell, you know, kind of got mixed in with everything else that came out in the 90s. Like you said, there was a dime a dozen, so there's just so much going on. Garbage is just another great band that came out at the time. So... Yeah, I was checking them out again this week because of this uh, segment and just, you know, every song. There's no skips um, if you like this type of this type of thing. So um, what do you guys remember from Garbage? How, how do this? So I, I don't know a lot outside of the singles. How do the singles stack mm-hmm. up to the, the rest of the albums? Is it pretty comparable or? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, there, you know, it has that sound kind of throughout all their songs. But the singles kind of, you know, give you that uh that answer too where they're just kind of all over the place you know a lot of dark lyrics too of course um but different kind of uh i mean it seems like arena rock it's just like very loud and like sing-along type stuff but um yeah even the non-singles are are pretty solid so well, i like that, all their stuff that makes sense with with butch big in the band right i mean yeah he he's produced some big um rock bands for a long time um that were in those big spaces with sing-alongs and you know just should have fit in that bigger venue type. So maybe that's why that feels that way for them. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, I did not like this band when I was younger. I haven't revisited much now, but I definitely have a bigger appreciation for them than I would have when I was 19 for numerous reasons. Knowing more about it, knowing Butch Vig a little bit better, um, and listening to him talk about garbage and not and you know, producing for other bands, I definitely have a, a different respect for what they did as a band. Uh, yeah. than I would have when I was 18, 19, 16, 17, when they were, I mean, what, 11, 12 when they put their first record out? So, yeah. I didn't even know he was in the band. Yeah, yeah. Pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Um, the Huge name. And Massive. And did his own thing. And, like, they were big. But I, I hear you, Nate. They probably should have, could have been bigger. Yeah. They're usually the opener and for a they band. Do, they're, they're not a bandy cab. But Garbage is a good name for a band. Yeah. It is cool. Yeah, it is cool. <laughs> 
yeah all original members similar to your uh your band that you mentioned um Twan, they're kind of from not the middle of nowhere, I guess, but you know, Madison, Wisconsin. You wouldn't mm-hmm. picture that considering their sound. But then again, like I don't know if Wisconsin has its own sound, so you kind of adapt to what you like, I guess, as an artist. But yeah, Butch Big being in there is 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 interesting because it's kind of buried in there, you know. Like I actually this show that I saw at the Avalon came with a meet and greet, and I remember taking the picture, and everyone's like huddled around Shirley Manson. I'm like, dude, this fucking Butch Vig's over here, man. Like, it's right? <laughs> a legend well, over a, here. <laughs> that's a testament. That's a testament to Shirley Manson, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. she she was a obviously fairly charismatic uh, front woman for uh, a rock band in the mid '90s into the early 2000s. There wasn't a lot of that kicking around that was popular. So, yeah. I mean, Gwen Stefani with no doubt. I, give me another one. Like, there's not a lot of it, right? Yeah. So, only solo artist. Yeah. That's 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 a testament to her. Yeah, that's a good point. Actually, I always thought she was going to go solo, like split off and have that label pressure where they're like, you know what, you deserve your own thing. You should go solo and take the contract and essentially break up the band. Uh, that never happened, and they're still going today, which is really cool. Yeah, yep, that's a good one. Yeah, garbage. They should have been bigger. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I I, I am with you just based on the singles. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I've done a 180 on them since I was, I mean, they're not a band that I'm like seeking out, but at the same time, I'm like, no, that that's actually, listening to that song, it's produced really well, it sounds really good, she's a great front woman, like it's all, everything fits, like why why were you dumb about this when you were younger, you know, right. that type of thing. Because <laughs> that happens, right? You're allowed to change your opinion though, right? This is America. Maybe you or, thought or it Ethiopia, was. Ethiopia, if that's where you are, I don't know. Maybe you thought it was band vantage as a young one. Hmm. Garbage. Yeah, garbage. This is garbage. <laughs> uh, good one that's a good one all right am i up you're up round yeah. two so yeah. my second band is um a band that i think you're both familiar with um i almost texted this to you earlier but i figured i would use this for now nate especially it's a mm. band i've asked nate to listen to probably five times <laughs> i'm not sure he has yet but it's been years since i've done it it's probably been four or five years since i've asked him to so they fit in that sort of absolute punk they're kind of they're not hard they're, they're like emo revival they're not really emo from early on um i think their first album was 2011 let's see here yeah 2011 so they're a little after that kind of first emo wave um their biggest album came out their second album was number one on uh absolute punk top 30 albums of 2014 i don't know if that gives you anything and then i think their third album is their best album that came out in 2016 no that's a good guess. It's right around that time. I was listening to them a lot too. No, uh, they, their name is the same, but they changed the spelling of it from the first album to the second album. And I think their Twitter is still the old spelling, which is kind of funny. Wow, I'm I'm stumped. I'm the stumped. hotel year. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, they were the hotel Damn. year, and then they just changed it to H O T L I E R, hotel year. Like one word. I didn't word. know that. Is that the same band? I believe so. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So they um. I fucking love this band. I, I they were a uh, show regret for me back in our show regret episode. They were opening for for Frank Turner in Boston, and I just couldn't get down there. They I, I home like no place that is there is a great record. It was that was the one that was number one on Absolute Punk's top thirty of twenty fourteen. I really love Goodness that came out four years ago. Yeah, May of twenty sixteen, I believe. I own all three records on vinyl. I've spun them all. I've asked Nate to listen to this band at least five times, <laughs> and I don't think he has yet. Go ahead, Nate. Have you? Prove us wrong, Nate. 
going to be honest, no. But there's nope, a, you know, haven't. There, You're there's a, a recent meme about this too, right? What's where, that? Like, uh, there's a recent meme about this thing where like someone's suggesting music. It's like, have you checked it out? No. And then you revisit it again. The guy's like yelling at him, like, "Come on, I'm fucking trying to help you." <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm now yelling at you because it's been five years and six times. You should listen to this band. They're really good. Um, All right. Yeah. I'm no, I, I. They're just both of the. The funny thing about them is they, they're different. I think they take on the the personality of their frontman Christian Holden, who, um, after Goodness came out, I think he always was a poker player, but kind of went and did the, um, poker pro thing for a little oh, while. Wow. Yeah, so they've played some shows here and there. Obviously, nothing this year. They might have done something before the pandemic, but they, they, you know, it doesn't happen a lot. And um, I, it makes the show regret all that much more, you know, hurtful that I, I didn't get a chance to see them because uh, I just love, I love all three records. The first one's a little obviously less produced and a little more maybe in the pop punk realm or punk realm, but after that, they get a little more emo and and kind of hone their craft and they just sound great. I, I'm surprised, Twan, do you, you, you must know this band a little bit. Uh, just from you, actually, in, it, it's funny, The um, they're from Massachusetts, but yeah, I just did, uh, I just pulled them up on, on Wiki. They changed the name because they just kind of didn't like it and it was too close to the band My Hotel Year mm. and they were another absolute punk band. They got their name from that Atari song, uh, but only through you. I didn't, I didn't know these Interesting. guys. Interesting, okay. I don't know how I found him. <laughs> Must have been absolute no. punk. Must have been J- Tate. Thanks, yeah. Jason. Episode 23 guest. Uh, nice. Must have been Jason. So, Nate, you got some homework to do, my friend. I will. Ch- I will. You got my word. I will check them out for It'll sure. Be on the playlist, Especially Nate. Cause, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think these guys, the, it'll be tough to pick a couple songs for the playlist. I, I'll be able to do it. But the albums as a whole are, they're meant to be that way. Like, you've got to go and listen to the full album. Uh, especially um, the second second one and the third one. They're just meant to be one piece of music. Like, sit for, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes, an hour. I think Home is 36 minutes long, but Goodness is a little longer. Uh, they're they're great records, I'm, I'm telling you. I think you guys will like them, too. I feel like I, I checked them out a couple times when you mentioned it and liked them, but I can't pin a song. I c- couldn't yeah. pin a song right now. I'll put some good ones on there. Yeah, I'm I'll put some good ones on there. Yeah. I'm just bummed I never got to see them. And I, it's funny they they started some like Christian did some like uh, collective with a few other bands last year, and that's how I bought the first record on vinyl because they were like selling off backstock to kind of fund the collective. Mm-hmm. And then obviously like the pandemic happened and things changed and they weren't able to probably be a little more together and uh, active as a band for like a lot of people. And it just kind of went by the wayside, but they were starting to kind of kick the tires on doing stuff, which uh, for it to go away, it was kind of a bummer for me. Yeah. Uh, but they're yeah. still active. They're still an active I, band. I think so. I mean, I haven't seen or heard much in a while, so I'm hoping at some point we get another record, but what we've gotten so far, I think all three records are great. And I think you actually, you guys like all three of them. So it, it, there's a progression there too. Like you'll, you'll hear they're a different band from start to finish. And that's kind of cool too. That's awesome. It's cool that the all the albums are are front to back. You're saying, yeah, and they're pieces of art. Like they're they go together. Like it's not okay. And there are plenty of bands that have done stuff like that. Like you're gonna listen to "Wish You Were Here" by Pink Floyd from front to back because you have to because it, mm-hmm. it it fits as one piece. Yeah, you can pull out "Wish You Were Here." You can pull out "Have a Cigar," but that whole album together makes sense. 
same thing with this. I think obviously not to the level of Pink Floyd, but different different genre, different type of music. But yeah, there's some front to backness to to definitely uh, records two and three. I wonder if this is a different segment where it's like track list vantage, like yeah. literally yeah. like people weren't ready to listen to something in its entirety, so they're like, ah, I would have dug this, but it's too much work or something. There's definitely some something to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was asking you to make make a little bit of a commitment, so I I, <laughs> I understand. I understand, Nate. We, we're all busy. We all get lives. We all got stuff going on. And then, like, you have to <laughs> want to listen to a bit, and maybe that's why this band isn't bigger. You have to want to listen to um, album from front to back to appreciate it, and then you might have to spend more than one listen with it to really get it. And that's that has killed many a band as far as popularity. Yeah, I'll throw this on tomorrow. Uh, throw this on tomorrow. What was the album? You said it was Home Like No Places There. Yeah. Okay. That's the that's the second full, and then uh, Goodness is the the third one, and they're both. I mean, I like the first one too, but the first one isn't doesn't have the the weight of the other two. I don't yeah. think. I recognize the cover, to Yeah. Home Like No Places There. Yeah. So that I've heard him talk, Christian talk about that that house and spray painting on it. How people go and try to find that house now, kind of similar to people going to find that where the, the picture where uh, Devil and God was done for brand new. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's and you know, and anything like that. Going to find Jim Morrison's grave, you know what I mean? Like, there's people that just go to try to do that stuff because yeah. they're nerds like we are. And it, like, it was uh, it was trouble for that, the family that bought the house. It was oh, like, wow. stop. And he was telling people, like, stop going to that house. Like, leave wow. them alone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that sucks. That's like the Breaking Bad house, right? With the pizza with the on his house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yep. Damn. People just throwing <laughs> pizzas on that house. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. Uh, I said Fritos, not Cheetos, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, right. best shows ever. <laughs> yeah, so good. All right, Twan, you got you got one more for us? Yeah, I'm gonna mix things up a little bit. This will be the first non-band. Of the night, it's Ooh, an artist. Nice. I like that. Ooh, nice. And I would say a genre we all love, I assume, but one we have not discussed, I think, at all. And it's R and B, male R and B. Okay. Nice. Dropped his debut in 2010, and if you think back to like, I don't know, maybe Instagram posts or something for me, or maybe just hearing me talk, I love, 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 love this artist. I think he should be the modern king of R and B. It should not be Usher. It shouldn't be Chris Brown. It shouldn't be... Ooh, I know. I think I know. Go ahead. No. Well, you're going to keep dropping hands no, no, no. Go for it. Oh, is it J- Jason Derulo? No. Miguel? It's Miguel. Ooh, nice. <laughs> it is definitely I did Miguel. live with you. I did live with you at the time. So yeah. that, that, that helped. That helped. Dude, I am so all in on him. He, he dropped that um, All I Want Is You album in 2010, 2011, and that was a total, like, welcome to the industry album it was you could tell it was like it wasn't him it was it was him it was an industry maybe an industry plant type of thing where it was like we're gonna drop a single we're gonna you know fit this yeah. mold the seed the cd cover is ridiculous it's like him with glasses it's whatever <laughs> but then in 2012 kaleidoscope dreams drops and it starts to get into his like psychedelic bag like listen to um i think the title track kaleidoscope dreams and your head will be in a different different place mm-hmm. yep so i like that and then 2015 or 2016 wild heart drops and that is when i was like i'm all in that album is awesome i it, it's a top five r&b album all time for me and i know that's that's a heavy statement given 
some of the goats in that area, but it's more experimental. He gets even more into that psychedelic bag, and it's awesome. And I saw him, we went down to Lupo's in Providence, I think in Mm -hmm. 2018, just for him. Just for, we drove, we did that six hour. (laughs) He stayed overnight, though. Yeah, that's the way to do it, staying overnight. And it was special. Like, he was, but it shows you, like, he was um, supporting his new album, War and Leisure, and he only headlined Lupo's, which is what, 2,000 cap, not even? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Mm -hmm. He, he should have been bigger. Because I remember him being everywhere back in 2010, 2011, because we lived together back then. But, yeah, no, that's that's something for me to check out for sure. That's a blind spot for me. I'll put um a couple bangers off Wild Heart on the, on the playlist. Nice. He's just an artist. He's not – he's his own artist. He's unique. And then I know, actually, a lot of people heard of him from that um, Power Trip song with J. Cole. Yes. It's uh, funny yeah. you mentioned J. Cole. When you were talking, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but when you, you were when you were saying that first album you put out, it was like that, we're going to cookie cutter you, we're going to put you into the system. That's J. Cole's first record. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. So that's probably how they ended up together. That's totally. Actually, that's a great the parallel. same thing. Yeah. I don't think he <laughs> found himself till the second yeah. uh, Force Hill Drive. A Born Center. Go listen to Born Center. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that record. Great album. Nate, do you know Miguel? No, I I don't. I'll, I'll know him now. Know him now. Um, but I was thinking when you were talking about the show, like I, it's hard to imagine a an R and B show at Lupo's Lupo's Heartbreak Hotel. But um, yeah. that shows that yeah, they're coming up organically, not thrown right into the arena or whatever. That's cool. There's a song off um, Wild Heart that features Lenny Kravitz, which is kind of a cool combination, which you wouldn't think of. I mean, I don't see Usher doing a you know Usher or Chris Brown doing you know a, a, a collabo with um lenny kravitz yeah that's cool um, that's that's the cool thing about this this segment um we're, we're kind of bringing things that we like to the table that we think should have been bigger and that the fact that like i brought a couple you guys know alien Ant farm but haven't listened to the hotel year much i mm-hmm. know i don't i haven't listened to either of the two bands you brought swan and same really for you nate you know for the most part haven't spent a ton of time with with garbage so it's more reason to like dig into different nerdery, right? This is why we do this. Total, totally. And Miguel's, I mean, he's huge. He's obviously huge. I think he should be in that modern Rushmore of R&B. I hope you guys dig it. I think you will dig the songs I put on the playlist. Wow. So with that, if he'd come out earlier, he might actually be in that Rushmore status, possibly. Yeah, would he be like D'Angelo? Because like, everybody loved voodoo in the mid-90s, right? Yeah. yeah, and then he kind of again same th- actually same type of thing where there's a cult following there, but the average R&B fan maybe might not seek it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. Well, the experimental doesn't always work right. for everybody, but I I mean I love that shit, and I have more of an appreciation for all of that stuff now than I, I did when I was younger too. So makes more sense now to me to yeah. check stuff out and 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 just be into the moment, listen to it, enjoy it, see what see what you like. If you don't like it, come back to something, go listen to something else. But yeah. Try it. And th- there is, there are some, um, like I said, Lenny Krabs is on one song. There's a couple other um, rock-leaning-ish um, songs. I'll probably put those in the playlist so they fit mm-hmm. in a little better. Oh, they don't have to. Yeah. We, we, love the tra- we love the tangents. Yeah, audio <laughs> tangents. The playlist has them, too. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> but, yeah, this uh, this is a fun one, and, and it, I think it gives me some homework on a couple of these. Yep. So we're probably we're good to wrap it there. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Check us on the socials at Potty Slave Twitter and Instagram. Uh, email Potty Podcast at gmail.com. Again, if you're that listener in Ethiopia, hit us up. We want to know hit who you up. are and how you found us. 
hit us or up. Or the Czech Republic or Russia. I mean, we've got we've got people all over, but hit us up. Like we want to know how you guys found us. So yeah, uh, really, we got some fun stuff in the works. Um, don't want to jinx anything, but may have a guest next week uh, if things work out. We're we're hoping for no emergencies, but yeah, we, we may have a guest next week that you guys will dig. So check us out. Yeah, thanks for listening and uh, drop us some comments on on the socials as far as any bands that you think fit this mold where you were all about it, about it, but everyone else just they didn't catch up. I'd love to hear more of it. Me too. Yeah, it'd be fun to like listen to listener suggestions on this topic because there's going to be we'll find some awesome stuff. That's a good call. Good call, Tuan. Um, because the, that's the more organic music discovery, right? It's like the uh, not being forced in your face type mm-hmm. you know, rhythm. This is more like, hey, this is personally curated and uh, legitimized by actual nerds. So um, gives you good reason to to dig deep and it's almost like the the virtual uh, you know crate bins searching right these are like the the old albums so i like it a lot yep but uh definitely cool well thanks everyone for listening we will see you next week cheers peace potheads see you next week peace